And our New Testament reading comes from Luke chapter 24, verse 13 through 53. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, 
You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth. They said, He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priest and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. When he had, he, We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at the tomb early this morning. Then they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to sea, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scripture. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on. But they begged him, Stay the night with us, since it is getting late. So he went, ho so he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment... He disappeared. They said to each other, Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, The Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were talk walking along the road, and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about Jesus, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they had seen a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost, because ghosts don't have bodies, as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, Do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scripture. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Then Jesus led them to Bethany and lifted his hands to heaven. He blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. So they worshipped him and they returned to Jerusalem, filled with great joy. And they spent all of their time in the temple praising God.
All right, yeah, that was David Crowder with I Saw the Light. Going back to my Southern Ohio traditional roots. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that one. Uh, up next is our scripture reading, and then uh, some more songs for us here on Transformation Radio. From New Morning Mercies again, it reads this. Today you will be tempted to buy into the delusion that you're smarter than God, that your way is better than his. It is one of the functional contradictions of sin. Even though sin somehow, some way, reduces us all to fools, at the very same time, it also convinces us that we are smarter than God. While we name ourselves as wise, we look at things that God does or things that he calls us to do as utterly foolish. How many people have said, how could you ever worship a God who could blank? Or how many people have ever wondered, if God really loved me, why would he blank? How many people have said, I don't see what's so wrong with a little blank. How many have asked, is blank really that bad? We really do have the ability to convince ourselves that we know what's best and that we really don't need God's wisdom uh, other than our own. I am convinced that most of us do this far more often than we think. We minimize the danger of what God calls dangerous. We question the need for the boundaries that God has set for us. And in the face of our own sin, we argue that it's not so bad after all. Every day in some situation or relationship, we are tempted to think that we are smarter than God. Without the rescue of God's grace, we are all wise fools headed for danger we simply don't see. So we eat more than we should with while denying the physical, empirical evidence of our foolishness. We spend ourselves into hopeless debt and are surprised we can no longer pay our bills. We live selfishly and judgmentally in relationships and then wonder why so much tension and distance exists between us. That's why Paul says, For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. That's from 1 Corinthians 1.25. And Paul is saying that if it were possible for God to be foolish, his most foolish moment would be infinitely wiser than our wisest moment. How humbling. So, where are you tempted to tell yourself that you're wiser than God? Where do you argue that your plan for you is better than His? Where do you lay out the logic to yourself that it makes sense to step over one of His boundaries? Where are you tempted to name sin as something less than sin? Where do you tell yourself that you don't really need grace? What do you call wise that God says is foolish, or foolish that God says is wise? Where do you, like Adam and Eve, accept the illogic that there may be a better way in life than God's way? Where do you take life into your own hands so that you can have it your, your way? Confess the utter foolishness of ever thinking that you're smarter than God and run to his wisdom. Pray once more that the one who is the definition of what is wise would by grace make you wise. That is, a person who loves God's wisdom more than you love your own.
today comes from Psalm 101 through 5. Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. For his unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. And Proverbs is Proverbs 14, 11 and 12. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the godly will flourish. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death.
And we have one more song for you today on Transformation Radio. Matthew West with Grace Wins Every Time. Thanks for joining this week. Uh, listen for the weekend. Got some songs and some scripture for you to help you through the weekend. Have a great weekend, everybody. And we'll see you tomorrow. And be praying for those guys on Monday. Weakest moment I see you Shaking your head in disgrace I can read the disappointment Written all over your face Here come those whispers in my ear Saying who do you think you are Looks like you're on your own from here Grace could never reach that far But in the shadow of that shame Beat down by all the blame I hear you call my name Saying it's not over And my heart starts to beat so loud Now I'm drowning out the doubt I'm down but I'm not out There's a a thirsty soul The broken side begins to heal And grace returns with guilty stone And in the shadow of that shame Beat down by all the blame I hear you call my name Saying it's not over And my heart starts to beat so loud Now drowning out the
at the well, grace wins for the blind man and the beggar, grace wins for always and forever, grace wins for the lost out on the street, grace wins for the worst part of you and me, grace wins for the thief on the cross. Sacred.